welcome to another episode of Wake Up with Wesley. And today, you guys, I'm Wesley. First of all, I'm Wesley. <laughs> I'm sitting here with Kelsey Wells. She's in my house. Kelsey Wells I'm is in my so house. I'm so happy. To be, we are six feet apart. Yes. Let's preface. We are six feet apart. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> You're my first non I mean, it is coronavirus, but like you were the first human interaction interview I've done in months. I'm so excited. I'm honored. Well, and just the fact that Kelsey Wells is sitting in my front room okay. freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> Okay. A year ago, me would be like, ah. if I would have told myself a year ago, I'd be chilling with Kelsey Wells. I would be like, you fool. But yes. I mean, this is real. Oh, this I is real you. life right now. So I think we got to tell people that we know each other. Yeah. It's new. We met I love in... this woman, you guys. <laughs> we met in January, right? Was it January? It was I before think... the world ended. Yes. Yeah. One of the last It feels hurrahs. forever ago, but I guess it wasn't. It, it wasn't. wasn't that it's long. been a lifetime. Yeah. So we met at our friend. We have a mutual friend, Doug Cartwright, and it was his birthday party. Yes. Yes. And I show up to a dingy little, it was like a a basement bar and grill. I did not know a soul. I just know Doug. Same. You didn't know anyone? No. Oh, no. I I almost didn't go, actually. I was quite intimidated. I was, too. I get a little nervous in situations like that. But I love Doug, so I went. Same. Bronson and I were sitting there, and all of a sudden, everyone's there. You, these two people, this couple, starts walking down the stairs. I notice just their feet, and I'm like, Oh my god, who are these people? Already like attractive couple. You brought an energy into the room, and it's you and Ryan. Thank you. And I am pinching my husband. I'm like, Holy shit! Oh my gosh, Bronson, <laughs> I know her. I know her. That's Kelsey Wells. She's at this birthday party. I've followed her for years. And he was like, Who's Kelsey Wells? I was like, That's Kelsey Wells. She's oh here. She's a trainer. She works for Sweat. And he's like, he's like, Wesley, don't get weird. Don't get embarrassed because I'd have to tell you I have a phobia of famous people. Oh, okay. First of all, I'm not famous. Uh, you were to <laughs> me. You were to me. So I have, I lived in LA. We would see famous people all day, every day. We lived downtown LA. I would run away from them as if they were a tiger. <laughs> I would cross the street, turn my head, act like they were Joe Schmo. I have a thing. I don't know what it is. If I know someone... I act like I don't know them. Courtney Kardashian sat in front of me once. We were at church of all places. Huh. Her hair brushed my knees and I was, <laughs> I acted bothered when really I wanted to like <laughs> smell it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, it was so weird because he was like, don't get weird. Don't run away. Don't go to the corner. Don't do the thing you always do mm -hmm. when you see famous people. And I was like, I actually want to go talk to her. And he was like, who are you? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't. I'm like shocked to hear this, honestly, because this is not the impression that I. I know because you were so different. You walked into this room and you were like a magnet. I have not experienced anything like it. Like you drew me to you oh in a way God. that I had to go say hello. I didn't want to be weird. You're the first person in my life where I was like, I just need to go right Thank to her you. and talk to her. So I did. I was like, hello. My name is Wesley. I follow you on Instagram. I don't want to be weird and like stare at you from across the room. You know, you came. I remember sitting down with Ryan and I said hi, hi to Doug. And we sat in the only open seat that there was. And I was just kind of in my own head. And you came right over and I look up and there's this gorgeous girl. And you're like, hi, I'm Wesley. And I was like, oh, my gosh, the friendliest, sweetest, kindest like you had the warmest energy and I just loved you from that moment. I know. Well, we hit it off. It was really weird. I just didn't want to be weird, but you it ended weird. up. I mean, we kind of talked all night. I think at one point you made me cry. I was like, who is this woman? Oh, we got into deep woman? things. Yes. That's something about me. I don't really like to stay on surface things. I like uh, to talk about things that matter. I think it's why I fell so in love with you. Because before, when I Same. thought of you, I was like, oh, this beautiful 
I mean, beauty is a word that you, people describe you. You're beautiful on Thank Instagram, you. in person. You are breathtakingly gorgeous. It is so funny that now after knowing you, that is not, I don't use that word to describe you. It's like Aww. you are just, something in you is really amazing. And I get why you are who you are. There's Trainers are a dime a dozen, right? They You're really are. <laughs> no, I mean it. They really are. Trainers are a dime a dozen. You you have an Instagram, you can be a trainer. And you have, in a very short amount of time, risen to the top of the top. You are global, like world famous trainer. And I get it. It's not because your body, your body's beautiful. But it is something inside you that is authentic and you care. And I think you're just empowering. Not even it, yes, with bodies. But like life coach status, like motivational speaker. Gosh, girl. I mean it. There is something special to you. And it makes, I, I want to know why you are the way you are. How did you become this way? Is it, I'm curious about you and your life. Well, yeah, ask, ask me anything, girl. <laughs> I want to know how this happened. You were a normal person like what, five years ago? I'm still a very, very normal you person. Are, I, can, I can vouch um, for that. She's normal. I guess, you know, it's interesting. I am asked all the time how how this happened and did it happen? Everyone's like, did this just like, did this just happen or did you always like see this happening? And the truth is I, growing up, I thought there were two types of people. There were normal people and there were healthy people who were weird. People who like ran <laughs> marathons on holidays and ate green things and like I th I thought that it was just like two completely sets of people I was definitely in the normal camp not the weird health camp and in fact anybody who knew me middle school high school all through university even they are shocked that I am in the fitness industry and I'm probably more shocked than they are because growing up I just that was not who I was that was not my interest I danced growing up I had to quit dance because I had an injury when I was like 16, and then from 16 to 24, I was pretty much sedentary. I did not enjoy any other form of exercise, so I didn't really do it. I had no, no understanding of fitness or nutrition. I believed that exercise was something you do if you want to change the way you look, as it was like a punishment for something you ate. Mm -hmm. I thought eating healthy meant bad diets or extreme calorie restriction. And again, it was it was all came down to aesthetics. And I do want to say this is not because I was raised like that by my parents. Like my parents are incredible people. My mom was actually an amazing example of taking care of her body and being healthy. And, but it was, I think, you know, the ways that fitness has been packaged and sold in mainstream media and mm -hmm. just in total the last, what, four decades has been about aesthetics. It's been shrink yourself especially towards women, right? You yes. need to be less. You need to be smaller. You, no matter what you look like, it's not right. It's not in. It's not enough. And here's this. We're going to sell you this so you can fix, your, fix yourself, change yourself. And that is, I internalized that intentionally or not, you know? We're a product of the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> right? Slim fast. Yes. was like yeah. how we thought we lose weight. Yeah. So that was, you know, I find myself, I'm 24 years old. I... Um, got pregnant and I was panicked. I was scared. You know, I didn't know. 
I had just graduated. I was kind of providing for us while my husband, who was also working almost full time, but he was finishing university and like we we're just, you know, renting our one bedroom basement apartment and just trying to get, you know, on our way and off our feet. And I was pregnant and I was like, oh, okay, like I'm going to be healthy now. Like I'm, I obviously want the best for my baby. I'm going to do my best. Like it's going to be like, I'm going to exercise every day. I'm going to clean up my diet. Like I'm going to do this because I, I'm caring for another life now. Like, well, that lasted like, I don't know, probably a day, <laughs> day and a half. And then the thing is, it's just my pregnancy was, I wasn't active. You know, I worked full time up until I delivered and I was commuting an hour on each end of my shift. I was an interior designer at the time. I was exhausted. It was all I could do to just get through my pregnancy. It was not an easy pregnancy. And so fitness and nutrition were literally, first of all, I knew nothing about them, but they were also the first thing from my mind. It was like survival. So I have this baby. I'm 24. And I was in a really, really tough place in my life. You hear a lot about the beauty of new motherhood and that unconditional love and that's all very real but there's another side that I hadn't really been taught about or talked about and that is hormones and postpartum depression postpartum anxiety that is feeling completely overwhelmed that is reaching a level of exhaustion that you did not know was humanly possible to survive that was so many new pressures about your body it was standing in front of the mirror and not recognizing your physical body at all Mm -hmm. and that's scary and hard especially for someone like me who did not have a positive relationship with themselves Mm -hmm. um and it was motherhood I guess you're all about like what wakes you up and I think motherhood was the catalyst for a lot of the ways that I woke up and it was as a new mom a couple months postpartum that I began exercising regularly for the first time in my adult life and it was kind of a double-edged sword it was I wanted to change how I looked you were unhappy with what was going on outside yes you didn't feel good inside it was The thing is, now I understand that there was nothing wrong with my body postpartum Mm -hmm. or during pregnancy or really ever, but there was everything wrong with the way that I viewed it. And my inner self-talk was so negative and crippling. I missed the miracle of like motherhood and, um, creating that life within me because I was so consumed with beating myself up for how I looked Mm -hmm. and the percentage of my thoughts that were consumed and taken up every day by putting myself down for things like stretch marks and loose skin and extra body fat and all these things is so insane to me now that was my reality and that was my norm Mm -hmm. and that prevented me from seeing the miracle and seeing the beauty and living present and having the joy that comes with all these phases of life, right? So I had a very toxic relationship with myself mentally and it didn't start postpartum. It started much, much earlier. 
I always kind of struggled with that. And then it really, really came to a head, you know, postpartum. It was like gasoline on an already, yes. like an, the ember was there. Yeah. It just, oh, it was just my normal. Mm-hmm. And I thought that having negative self-talk was normal. I honestly never, if you would have told me then, only like six years ago, that there would be a day where I would look at myself in the mirror and my first thought wouldn't be all the things wrong with me or I would wake up and think about things I'm grateful for instead of things I hate about myself, I don't think I would have believed you. I didn't really know that that wasn't normal, like inner dialogue. And I also, because I didn't know that, I didn't understand how detrimental that was to everything else in my life and to becoming who I am and understanding who I am and and getting to work on on just love and and you know I don't know like life and being present it robs you and I guess I'm kind of jumping all around but I feel like it's I want women to understand that you don't if you're in that space you don't have to stay there Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that there a day will come. I don't really know any woman. I've never met any one woman or man who has zero insecurities or self-doubt or always has like full of confidence. But that's not what it's about. Self-love and self-empowerment is not the opposite of doubt and negativity. It is loving yourself is self-acceptance and self-belief and self-empowerment means that you understand that those your fears and your insecurities and your frustrations are all part of you and part of life but they are not you and they don't dictate your thought you govern your thoughts they don't govern you yes and then you have control of your actions and so I think those things are always a part of life and they're meant to be however you now the days where I'm hard on myself are the exception instead of the rule. Now, those feelings of doubt and insecurity come and it's way easier for me to get out of um, a negative spiral. I don't indulge in the poison of comparison every single second, every single day. That's something that I have learned is not good for me and not healthy for me and not productive for me. Yeah, Sure, do comparison thoughts still creep into my, my mind? Absolutely, but... I can check myself and move on and it's not crippling. And so I think understanding that you, I just, I want to help all women empower themselves because I empowered myself and it changed everything. And my main vehicle and tool that I used to build a sense of self-love that I'd wanted my whole life Mm -hmm. was fitness, was self-care was That's, exercising yes. and taking care of my body and that is what fitness is for it is not about how you look mm-hmm. it is about caring for your health and our health is threefold it is physical of course you know you need to keep your actual heart healthy cardiovascular health like your physical body but it's also mental health emotional health and exercise benefits all of those and so I I started exercising regularly and way before my body started changing in the mirror, I started to feel better. I was able to cope with my, I had really, really bad postpartum anxiety and 
exercise allowed me to cope holistically, which is not always the case. I do want to say any woman who is going through depression or anxiety, postpartum or otherwise, first of all, please never be ashamed ever. And please get help, whether that's in whatever form that means for you, what is right for you, only you know. But for me, exercise was like a massive healing balm. And it didn't, it wasn't magic. I didn't just like my anxiety went away, but I was able to wake up and get out of bed. And that massive weight on my chest lifted just enough. I was able to care for my newborn baby and get through the days. And, and slowly it just, it started to get a little lighter and it started to get a little bit brighter. And I was caring for myself for the first time, you know, and, and I, and it so quickly became a habit, not because it was easier because I enjoyed it. I hated every second of my workouts at first, but it was because I was caring for myself. And I think, how do you love yourself? You treat yourself with love. Like I didn't have any confidence. I didn't believe myself. I didn't, I was struggling with all of those things, but I started acting like it. And I started exercising and exercise. You can be healthy physically and not emotionally, mentally. You can use exercise to change your appearance and that can be your sole purpose and goal and that's not necessarily healthy that's happened to me i've used exercise like negatively in life like as you were saying as a punishment to throw my body around in the gym because of how i ate the past weekend and then and then that's a mind trip too when you what's healthy for you becomes unhealthy because you're doing it out of the wrong motive that's why I think you're amazing is that you educate people on this, on your story. You didn't feel, you didn't look good right off the bat. It took you months and months and months, right? To even have that physical appearance start to change. It takes a a minute. Yeah, years. I mean, but but the thing is, I didn't, I I looked great. I couldn't see that. And I think it's about, it is not about the number on the scale or the size of your genes it is about being able to see yourself at every phase and stage I'm not saying that physical change is wrong you can change your body composition you can have physical goals and those if you go about achieving those through healthy methods that are sustainable and and then that's great that's fine that can be fun that can be motivating but if that is your why I truly believe that that is not healthy And I know, I know, and I I think people struggle when I say this, but I know it. If you could snap your fingers and have the exact body, everything, you look exactly like you think is the perfect whatever, you would be 0% happier than you are right now at this exact moment. Oof. People need to hear this. Because it is not, that alone does not bring happiness. That does not bring confidence. That does not bring self-love. And I know women of all shapes, sizes, and body types who are brimming with confidence and self-love and they are happy and they are powerful and they are doing what they are passionate about and being themselves and full of joy. And I know women of all shapes, sizes, and body, body types who hate themselves and beat themselves up and are trapped, caught in this cycle of negative self-talk and comparison and feeling like they're not enough. And it has nothing to do with what they look like. Mm -hmm. The common thread is like what's going on in your head and your heart and how are you treating yourself? 
I always say like, if you would not say it to your best friend or your mom or your sister, don't say it to yourself. Don't. Because you hear, you internalize your thoughts. And your thoughts that you internalize become your actions, especially for mothers or like, I mean, how we've all had a friend or like a sister or mom pick themselves apart to us. Like, doesn't that hurt you Mm -hmm. to hear someone that you love that is so beautiful and strong and like someone that you just love so much tear themselves down? That actually hurts your heart. Yeah. It hurts the people around you. Yeah. So why do we do that to ourselves? so easily I've thought about it so much because I really don't know but the thing that you said that was so crazy to me is the that it's when you became a mother I don't know I feel like this call towards self-care self-love it always coincides with pregnancy and birth I think that when you birth a body a human (laughs) into this world it calls on you to birth yourself because you don't want to raise this child as your inauthentic, hateful self. And I think we all walk around kind of like as a representative. Like we project what we hope people will see about us to the world. But there is no pretending with motherhood. They see no. you at your darkest, deepest, worst selves. And it calls you to become your best self in that moment. Because because that's what moms are. How do you How do you raise your little son not loving yourself. You have to show him that. You have to be the example. And I that's why motherhood is such a trip. It's such a trip. It is such a trip because it morphs to every year they grow, it calls on you to grow and match them. And I think people think that we're raising these little babies. I think these babies raise us, man. I agree with that. I think Anderson teaches me so much more than I teach him. However, I think what you said is so spot on, but it's so important for women, especially mothers, I think motherhood is a catalyst for change or waking up for a lot of women, but I think it's also, I guess let's put it this way. As a mom, there is nothing, nothing that you would not do for the health and well-being of your children. Nothing. No matter what, right? You protect them. You nurture them. You look after them. You do your best by them intrinsically and automatically so why does your own health and well-being fall to the very bottom or get completely kicked off of your priority list dude I because you have to realize the wake-up will only come when you realize that what's best for your babies is that you are taking care of yourself so the self-care and exercising carving out time to move your body and trying to feed yourself positive thoughts and nurture self-love this is self-care is not selfish it is imperative it is necessary and not only is it that it is the best thing you know if you're in that place where you really can't feel like you can do it for yourself do it for your babies because that is what's best for them Mm -hmm. you just said it like kids learn through example and if you are teaching your daughters or your sons or your kids that they are amazing and strong and capable and all the things their bodies are for, but then you are standing in the mirror picking yourself apart or saying out loud that you can't eat this or that. Or you won't get in the pool with them because you feel so uncomfortable. What's teaching them more? You know, our actions are so powerful and those little souls, they soak up energy and they soak up what they do and they see. And it's 
we it's so important to care for yourself because it's best for your kids but also it's like you can't pour from an empty cup right you have to prioritize your own health and well-being and then you're able to be a better mom wife sister friend daughter all the other roles that you play so I think I guess I you know at 24 I become a mom I'm in this horrible place mentally emotionally and dealing with massive postpartum stuff I begin exercising it's helping me in ways that I never fathomed right mentally mentally and spiritually even. yes yes absolutely and I think it I I went on to then like study I guess fitness and become a certified personal trainer and I then got my pre and postnatal specialization certifications and and started writing this postnatal program just because I wanted to know I felt like I had a good it blew my mind first of all that fitness was not about aesthetics that I, I, it just shook me to my core. And I was like, every woman needs to know this. Like every, like, I just want to be like, you guys, did you know that that's not it? It's not it. And this is what it is. And how cool is this? Like, this is it. We need to get on this. We need to do this. And so I, I knew that in order to have a leg to stand on in the fitness industry and to help more women understand this and empower themselves, I needed to have the credentials. I needed to become a professional. I needed to really, um, know my stuff so that I could, could, I guess, like help others. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, I guess that's the beginning for me. How did it, so when you started your postpartum, you don't like working out. You said it, you're like, this sucks. (laughs) You had to motivate yourself every single morning, but what did the inner, how did you change the inner dialogue? What would you do? What were the little things that you would do to, because first, I think the first thing you have to do it's like, you know, AA. Like yeah. you have to call it out. Yeah. Okay, I am actually speaking really negatively to myself. I think you have to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. I think you claim it. You say it out loud. You're aware mm-hmm. that you, you have negative self-talk. Exactly. But then what do you do? How do you start to shift that inner dialogue? Because it's just you and you. You're yeah. not with a therapist. You wake up no, every morning. Yeah. I love that you asked that because I think it's so important. Most people don't realize that it is like literal. You have to work at that just as much as you work on exercise right Mm -hmm. like your mental um I guess self-love and nurturing these things has no shelf life you can't just exercise everyone seems to understand that you can't just exercise like I went really hard in October so I'm I'm good for the year because like I exercise so much like we're (laughs) good I'll see you again in 12 months that's not how it works right like it's a daily (laughs) practice to care for your physical health and it's the same thing we have to implement daily practices to care for our mental and emotional health and it's just as important if not more so. But, you know, one of my very, very biggest wake-up calls came that it, it was literally one day in particular that I will never forget. I, I closed my eyes. It feels like it was yesterday. Like I had – it was one of my very first sessions exercising. Anderson, my thing was that I would exercise the first time he fell asleep. Because we didn't have a schedule. I was just in survival mode. But he'd fall asleep. I would. I borrowed a yoga mat from my mom. I would put it the only place it would really fit in our little apartment. And it was behind the sofa and the wall. And I had this tiny little space in this yoga mat. And I printed out these workouts that were body weight only. And I thought, you know, it was things that looked super simple. Like basic, what I thought was basic exercises. And I fully thought that I'd be able to do. 
Well, I started exercising and I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do a push-up. I couldn't do a sit-up. I couldn't do a lunge. Like I did two and I was completely puffed out. And I just sat on this yoga mat and cried. And I felt the weight of everything. And it was a huge catalyst and just wake up call for me and it wasn't just physically it was like okay I could I understood everything really clear for just a second and first and foremost that my body was physically unable to do these exercises it's just a fact this is where I am physically and it was very straightforward the fact that if I was ever going to be able to do them it came down to me you can't buy that you can't No one can do it for you. Only you can change your life. And those exercises and my whole fitness journey in in its entirety and still today is very literal metaphor for my mental and emotional Mm well-being. But in that moment, I just understood this is where I am physically. I don't have to stay here. I'm going to change it. And I don't really care how long it's going to take or what it's going to look like. I'm going to take care of my body and I'm going to get, I'm going to regain my strength. One day at a time, I will do what I can and I will change it. And at the same moment, it was realizing, wow, this is where I am mentally Mm -hmm. and emotionally. And it's so much worse and so much unhealthier. And if I'm going to raise this baby, I've got to fix it. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. This is where I am right now. It's okay. I accepted that. And I stopped feeling guilty for it or resenting myself for my negative self-talk because that's unproductive. For the first time, I was able to accept and see exactly where I was. That's okay, but I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to start. And again, it was the same thing. I don't care how long it takes. I don't really know what it looks like, but every day I'm going to do what I can. And it was just like a, a just a massive wake-up call and a promise to myself that I guess the wake-up call was that it was okay. Wherever you are is okay. Mm-hmm. It always has to start with self-acceptance and self-love. Exactly where you are. Exactly as and where you are. But then also understanding that only you can change your life and committing to myself that I was going to. And my path and my tools for both my physical fitness and my mental and emotional journey have shifted. Back then, it was very literal. It was every time. And my husband, who has been my biggest support and lifeline through everything, which is such a blessing, was the only person who I really spoke about with any of this. And He held me accountable in those first days. If I ever said something negative about my body, he would stop me, call me out, and I had to stand there and stop everything else until I could say three things that I loved about myself. Mm -hmm. And he would call me out on my bullshit if it wasn't (laughs) real, right? And and it was really hard at first. It's embarrassing. It feels awkward. It's embarrassing. But it's like you can't – we believe what we tell ourselves. And if you've been telling yourself unaware – 
over and over and over for years and years and years that I have that you weren't good enough, you were unworthy, all of these things. You have to be intentional about that or else it's never going to change. And so beginning to to shift that in that literal way is huge. So for me, it was every time I said something negative or thought something negative, I would stop myself, hold myself accountable and think of three things that are positive that I'm grateful for about myself or my body that I'm good at, Mm -hmm. that I love. And then also actions, right? And there's, there's so many, there's so many mindfulness tools and things that I've used throughout the years, but I think that is it. That is exactly it. It is about being intentional with all of it. And if you're not sure where to start, I, I really, obviously I'm a huge advocate that fitness plays such a huge role because it's not just your body physically that changes when you exercise, you know, endorphins are released. You, I mean, it it helps with so many things. There's so many non-aesthetic or non-physical benefits to exercise. And that is what I kind of felt. That was like my first thing, right? Was that is the catalyst for me being able to accept where I was mentally and emotionally. Like the non-scale victories were worth it for you. You were emotionally feeling a change, mentally. Yeah, it wasn't just worth it. It was like I had to. And that was another thing that I think is maybe unique in my situation is my anxiety was so bad and I was working with my, you know, my midwife and close with my physician postpartum and they knew, they advised me like, this isn't okay. This isn't where we want to be right now. Like this, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't just be baby blues hormones anymore. You know, four months postpartum, things should be evening out, getting Mm -hmm. better. And I was getting a lot worse. So it was like, what can we do? And I wanted to try, um, holistic ways and when it was actually my midwife that first suggested like hey do you exercise and I was like no she's like okay well that could help and I was like I'm sorry no this is a real issue (laughs) yeah it's not gonna like thank you but I'll see you again in a month when like like I was kind of frustrated and annoyed but that was actually why I began it's almost too easy like you think I'm gonna do a few push-ups and do a few squats and I'm gonna mentally feel better like it almost sounds not real it's about moving your body in any way that you can yes and Yes, it's so it's so very real. And that's it wasn't just that the non-scale victories were worth it. It was like I needed to move my body to feel a baseline normal like I can get through the day. Mm-hmm. And and then where I was at physically at the start of that and all and that like moment it it was really just the weight of understanding only you can change your life. And I don't know why that was such a revelation to me. But for someone who has zero self-confidence, it's a really scary one. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing that you can't change. I think you are every woman, though. I think that this is what we do as women. I think we look at other women and feel like they've got it figured out. And I think every woman on the inside yeah. is kind of floundering in the self-love, self not women, men. I think I think adults, it's a very human thing. It's yes. a very human thing. Yeah. And... And it's just so because I know people look at you and they think not her. That yeah. didn't, that couldn't be her. Look where she's at now, and in such a short amount of time. But I mean, the one thing I do know about you is that you are authentic. Like this is how you started. Yeah, this is it. And it really it makes. I think it it speaks volumes to how and why you are so successful is because 
it's not just about the body transformations with you. I think Mm -hmm. that you are so encouraging and empowering and inspiring because you walk the walk. You understand what it's like. You come to women as a woman. Yeah. Like you've been through it. You get it. And I think, I don't know, man, it makes an impact. I think that's why 3 million people follow you on Instagram. Thank you. (laughs) But how did it – so – so your body starts changing, mm-hmm. and that's the cherry on top because yeah, for me, then yeah. emotionally you're feeling it was all better. About what you couldn't see, but yes. Yeah. But then your body actually does start physically changing. You're like, this feels good. Of course, that feels good. I don't want to knock that part. It feels lovely to put on a swimming suit and be like, yeah, you know what? I'm great. Mm-hmm. And and that starts happening. So then, how on earth did you become a sweat trainer? Like, yeah, <laughs> it is how it's it's amazing to me you meet someone from Australia and then you become a global trainer within four years of starting your very first workout I gotta sneak in right here and let you know about my love affair with mud water so I ditched coffee 12 weeks ago to help heal my overstressed overworked adrenals with the hopes of finding an alternative that I could live with and boy oh boy I did What I didn't mention all those weeks ago is that I kind of begrudgingly broke up with coffee like I was not happy to do it. I loved coffee and I truly, I did not think anything could replace it, but this stuff, you guys, mud water is pure magic. For one, I love the taste. I love the texture. It's like adult hot chocolate to me and it's just like thick and creamy and frothy. I put the mud water and the hot water into my frother and I add a little non-dairy creamer and some stevia or even honey sometimes. And it is just pure deliciousness. It has one seventh of the amount of caffeine that normal coffee has in it. So you're not getting jittery or crashing in the afternoon. And the biggest benefit is my sleep. My sleep schedule has totally changed. I wasn't really expecting this, but my sleep is for sure the most noticeable difference about this whole thing. So it's just deeper. I fall asleep easier, more quickly. And I don't know. I don't know. It's just I'm sleeping better than I have in my entire adult life. So I'm attributing this to the drink, to all of the potent and powerful ingredients that are in mud water. So there's turmeric for inflammation, cinnamon to help suppress sugar cravings, cacao and chai for mood and energy support, medicinal mushrooms like lion's mane for focus, cordyceps for physical performance, and then chaga and reishi mushrooms for immune and stress support. So all of these are 100% organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, vegan, whole 30, and kosher. You guys, mud water is just, it's the real deal tried and true it's been three months for me now the other improvement that I've noticed is my skin and I think it's because I'm not shocking my system with so much caffeine these days that my hormones have just naturally leveled out I've not changed anything but this drink but I'm not getting my normal like period week breakouts and this is just there's been so many great unexpected benefits to this so if you haven't tried it yet now is the time. Don't wait another day. It tastes delicious. It's so nourishing. There's really, there's nothing to lose. So please go to mudwater.com slash woke. Remember that water is spelled W-T-R. And definitely use my discount code woke for 15% off of all of the products and they cover shipping. So let's get back to this week's show. It, it's really 
so crazy to look back, but basically I, so my first year of my fitness journey was extremely private and personal. I didn't have Instagram. In fact, it's funny because prior to starting my fitness Instagram, I had uh, grounded myself from my personal Instagram <laughs> because it wasn't healthy. It was really hard for me not to get on there and compare myself to everyone and fall into uh-huh. that trap that we so often do, right? So I had like no personal social media happening. Um, had accounts, didn't delete them off my phone, like just wasn't into it. And after, I think it was probably like nine or 10 months, I started to see, I would look on Instagram at these girls that just had fitness accounts. And it was like, it wasn't about like showing off your life. It was like sharing their journeys. And I think I, I remember having a conversation with Ryan and I was like, at the same time, so, okay, so probably like eight, nine months, I had started to feel better. I had, I, I felt like I was a completely new version of myself or maybe a truer version of myself. I knew myself more than I had in my whole life. I think that the false parts of you fall away. I, I think that's that. waking up. Yes, you let go of the I bullshit. You become the, the you that you were born as. That's what happened. I think that's very true in a, in a big sense. I think... So here I was, I had I'd come so far and I was doing better than ever. But at the same time, I was going through some really, really hard things in my personal life and I was so alone. So it was a good thing <laughs> that I realized um, that I was doing this work, but I, I just desperately wanted and needed a safe place, a space where I could be completely and authentically this new self uh, somewhere apart from anyone who knew me in quote real life and, and just, just be a thousand percent authentic and fresh and speak to this new passion of mine about fitness. And I knew that there must have been, you know, in the beginning of my journey, if I had had a sister or a best friend sit me down and be like, Hey, I get it. Like I've been here or this is okay. Or, you know, and, and really tell me these hard lessons that I learned in such a hard, painful way. I feel like it would have been a game changer for me. And I was like, I can be that. Like, Mm -hmm. I know there are other women out there who are completely alone and I can, I can, my experience is like, I get it. Like, I just want to help. I wanted to connect. And so Ryan was like, you should just start a page and just, just be exactly that. And I was like, okay, yes, this is amazing. And so I never actually began my Instagram with the thought I'm going to have a following or I want to. That is crazy. It is crazy. And I don't know if anyone will believe me, but it was different. And I'm not saying it's bad. Lots of businesses, you know, social media is part of our world now. And it was very different even six years ago, right? But I never once had a thought, I'm going to try to get followers. Like I honest to God, never ever wanted or planned for that. No, it just wasn't a thing. I just needed a safe place. A safe space. It was an outlet for you. Yes, an outlet. Wanted to connect with other women. And it was. It was just that. And then quite quickly, I had posted kind of a transformation photo. And it, uh, my account was not private. It was public. But it was like, no one would ever find out, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm just following You, like, did not girls. want your neighbors to oh, see no, this. I was, no, 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 no. <laughs> so it was way. funny because um, Kayla, it's seen as I had done her BBG programs. Um, in the very beginning of my journey, I had not the very beginning, but I had begun using her programs and I had reached out to her and written her an email actually and thanked her. And she found my socials and she shared 
my transformation. And I remember waking up and Ryan woke me up and he was like, Kels. I was like, what? And he, and he was like, this Kayla chick like shared your Shut photo and you have 2,200 followers. And oh I was like, my, my first reaction was like, no. You wanted to delete it. Yeah. Like pretend it wasn't you. I was so mortified. I was like, my mom's going to see <laughs> I was like, oh no. Like I just was terrified. And because it was a you that you weren't used to showing your people in your life. Like this was a new developing you. I think so. But I think it was the same me. But I think it was just a very different, you know, um, side to me. Mm-hmm. And and the same side. I don't know. I, I just was very much scared of like, you know, people in quote who who knew me who it's funny because they didn't actually really know me at all Mm -hmm. like most of the people I'm talking about but the point is I started gaining followers and Kayla and I connected just like via Instagram DM I think originally and I remember the first time she messaged me I was like oh my gosh (laughs) Ryan like I'm talking to Kayla this is so cool and then it was like 10 minutes later I'm like babe she's so cool like (laughs) we're gonna be best friends you know and the next time she came to the U.S. we got together we just went to lunch no and it was like our friendship has always been off Instagram, you know, but we yeah. we just became really close and we hit it off. And so her and I were good friends. We supported each other. And meanwhile, I had gotten my, like I had become a trainer, you know, I was doing my thing. I wasn't, I would train not really clients, just like friends, family, like just do sessions to practice and to learn and grow. And I was writing my post-pregnancy program because that's where my personal fitness journey started. And I felt like there was That's nothing. your bread and butter. You get that. It was at the time just a need. I there needed to be a program that would help women safely get back into strength training or start it for the first time, like me, mm-hmm. and also help your body heal, right? So that's another thing. But she knew that I was writing this post-pregnancy program. Her and her husband Toby, who they founded BBG together, which is her program. Um, they just knew what I was up to. Were really kind and supportive friends of mine, and. So I'm doing my thing. She's doing hers. And it was maybe a year and a half after that. I mean, let's think. It was 2016. It's like the fall, like September 2016, I think. Uh, Toby, the CEO of Sweat, reached out to me and was like, Kels, I know that you're doing this. Like, you're writing a post-pregnancy program. What are you going to do with it? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I haven't thought, I haven't thought that far. I'm going to put it on you know? the internet. And he was like, well, I have this idea. It's called sweat. Shut it's not happening up. quite yet, but we want you to be a sweat trainer. We want to put your post-pregnancy program in the app. And what do you think? And I was like, no. Yeah. And I, Ryan, Ryan and I, it was also at the same time we were kind of looking, you get a certain amount of followers and, you know, management people start coming out and people mm-hmm. start wanting to work with you. And I just, for me, it was just, I needed to protect it. It was like a very pure, you know, my passion, my outlet, my hobby. I didn't want to turn it into like a business. It didn't feel authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to just advertise. Again, nothing wrong with influencers who advertise. It just wasn't my purpose and not what I needed. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, we really could use the money, but it was more <laughs> for me. Like I needed to protect that space. And so when he came to me, I was like, this is, these are people who, align with what I believe and their mission to just help empower women through fitness and recognizing that not all women can or want to train the same way. And so that's what's so cool. And that's why I'm so proud to be a part of Sweat because it's one app, one place where we have many different meal plans and 
ways of eating paired with many different trainers and workout programs so that you can come as different a woman. methods right yeah it's like different from methods. any part of the world whether you want to do yoga or high intensity or like bodybuilding or what I do it's like whatever you want to train or whatever your goals are there's one place where you can come together with other women from all over the world and better your health and happiness and I'm like yeah that's exactly actually what I believe so yes Absolutely. I was you so No honored. hesitation. You said yes. You yeah. Was it that you just knew? I did. I mean, you Yeah, knew. it was very much, I'm a feely person mm-hmm. and especially at this point in my life and Ryan and I both, um, it was the kind of like, this is what I, it just was perfect. It was the perfect answer. How did you go to bed that night? Were you dying? That yeah. is, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was very surreal. Um, okay, but did you also, freak out though a little bit? Oh, yeah. Like, did oh, you have imposter out. syndrome? Did you ever feel like, no, I don't know if I, if I'm it. Why'd they pick me? Like, I feel <laughs> I'm putting myself in your shoes. Like, why would anyone Girl, pick me? I would I, be scared. I asked myself that every day for a very, very long time. You um, did? Mm-hmm. So then how did do. you know it's do. you? It's you. Obviously, it's you. You know, I – it's interesting because I'm – yeah, it's asked a lot, like, do you just pinch yourself? Do you wake up and just, mm-hmm. like, pinch yourself? And it, and for a really long time, I did. And I'm actually quite proud that now I don't. Mm-hmm. And it's not because – I guess it's – I realized that I think I, – I, I couldn't see myself for a very long time. And I think seeing yourself, I guess, is a arbitrary thing anyway. But it's like I was very much still coming into just having a healthy mind-body relationship and a healthy inner dialogue. And I was I was just learning how to, like, stand on my own two feet and learning about myself. And when everything started to happen, I was – petrified it wasn't being humble it was like crippling like yes okay I who am I to tell anyone anything like sure I, I like and know you my kind stuff, of don't even like a lot of I attention know, <laughs> yeah no it's weird I don't like I love to speak to women not really about myself yeah you know I mean? but it's yes. like I understand that it goes hand in hand in mm-hmm. a lot of ways um and I do feel like it's extremely important to be vulnerable and open because that is where connection is and that is how we expand when we go to those places and when we bring our real true self in any sense, whether this is in business or in fitness or whatever it is in life. Even in relationships, marriage. Yes. Absolutely in marriage. So I, when I started my Instagram, it's funny, Ryan, I told Ryan, I said, babe, I'm starting this account. I know I don't use my other one, but like this one, and you hold me to this, I have two rules. Only two. I will, first and foremost, always 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 stay authentic I will say like what I mean mean what I say and two I will not be dictated on what other people think about me mm-hmm. and the second that I do either of those I'm done and I'm gonna adopt those rules it for doesn't myself. matter if you think like that it doesn't matter if it's two million people or two people I'm talking to who I was six years ago, who I am now. I'm talking to women in general and to human things, health and fitness. Like this is literal and critical for every human being. If you're alive, you have health, you need to take care of it. You know, it's just I'm my audience, I guess, is is very clear to me and it doesn't change 
no matter how like big it gets, I don't care because my message is the same and it has been since that first post. It's, I can I have attest come to that. Into <laughs> speaking better, I think more and more with more confidence, but the point is I realized that my oh, like I can't believe this is me and I'm feeling so inadequate and so unworthy, I guess, of any opportunity or any kind of success. It wasn't flattering and humbling. It was crippling. Mm-hmm. And I got to a place where I realized that it only holds me back from helping anyone. It doesn't serve me or them to feel like I'm unworthy. I don't really know why things in my life have gone the way they have, but I know two things. I am grateful. And it's not about asking why on earth this has happened to me or like feeling like I'm so unworthy of it. It's about saying, hey, this is happening to me. I'm going to be super grateful, but also I'm going to work my ass off. I'm not going to sit here and waste it wondering why or feeling like I'm not good enough or worthy. I'm just going to do my best. Yeah. And that is, you know, now today it's like I really try to govern my life with gratitude and hard work. And so it's not about, I still feel insecure all the time, all the time. Do you, you still do. Listen, every single time, I've never gotten on stage to lead a workout, do a speech, Q&A, whatever it is, or come to an interview podcast and not felt nervous. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, those nerves were like crippling. Like it was that unworthiness. It was that insecurity. It was that self-doubt. It was that fear. And now I realize that if I'm feeling nervous, it's because I'm about to do something that matters to me Mm -hmm. and it's important. And I'm not going to waste that opportunity. Again, it's about what... You have to understand, like, it's a, if you're choosing, I understand that you get nervous, you get scared, you feel insecure, whatever, that's fine. But if you choose to let those thoughts govern your actions, if you choose to dwell there, what are you losing? Mm -hmm. I lost the ability to help empower anyone else or make any kind of a positive impact on anyone because I'm too selfish being wrapped up in why I'm not good enough. You got to get out of your own way. Yeah. You literally had to learn how to get out of your own way to be of service to others. Yes. And that's the key. It's about, and it's just what you do on your podcast. Like you are so brave to come and put yourself out there to the world. I know that that is not easy. No. It's terrifying. Yep. And, and it's, it's, think of them like number of women that you help, the number of people that you help. And that's just it. It's not like being confident is not conceited. That is what I've learned this year. That being confident is not conceited. No. Like if you're not your own support system, who the hell is? No, exactly. You can't yeah. you can't get it enough from Ryan. I know I love Ryan. He's Ryan best. is the best <laughs> ever, but he cannot give that to you. The thing is no matter how much he gives me, I will not believe it if I'm not yes. allowing myself to feel that as well. Yes. It's just like you can't, you love your mom or your sister, your best friend so much. Wouldn't you give anything for them to love themselves and see themselves the way you see them? It's impossible. And that's what's so hard but so important about like my message with fitness for self-love. It's like I believe that fitness or that self-love is the right of every human being on the planet. Mm -hmm. 
We should all have a sense of self-love and self-worth and know that. But it's our right, but it's also our responsibility. Because I don't know why. We're not born. We're not born hating ourselves. We're not born wondering why we don't look a certain way or why we do. We're not born filled with insecurities. But somewhere along the line, I think it's different for everyone, those things creep in and that confidence falls away. Mm -hmm. And we need to work to get it back. Because before society and before on a a more general level, you know, the fitness and health landscape, for example, before it is making shifts in the right direction. I truly believe that. And I'm really proud to hopefully be a part of that in helping women understand that weight training is for women. It's not just for men. You know, there's there's so many facets of this, but it's like, but until we can change something, like especially diet and eating, right? Before we can really make a shift on a societal level, you've got to start with yourself. And with confidence and self-love, it doesn't matter how many people love you or think you're great. If you don't do the work, you'll never believe it. Mm-hmm. It's just true. Yeah. Why does it take us this long to learn this lesson? I think it's a part of, honestly, I think it's 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 the end goal. I think that that's why older women are so wise because they lose their looks. They lose their huh. the their ability to move their body in the way that they used to, and they still have to. I mean, you talk to an old woman; they love themselves most most often. My little old grandma, she's like, "Why are you worried about that? What are you doing?" Yeah. And I think that it's because they get to a self acceptance point. They love themselves as is, and I I just want to shake my kids, especially myself and my mm-hmm. kids, get there sooner. We don't have to get old to no. get to that point. Yeah, like what would it be like if we all woke woke up in our 20s like, could you imagine just, or what if we never lost it what if you never like lost i have it? that i have a massive hope for that wow that I would wanna, be crazy like i want to raise my son i don't know and i know that insecurity and everything that's part of it and i think that's a huge distinction as well you said it's very easy for us to look at other women mm-hmm. or other people who are successful and think they don't deal with any of that that's completely untrue but i think it's too there's two parts to this. It's it's the realization that fear, self-doubt, insecurity, they are not the opposite of joy and confidence and self-love. It's just like I you you have to understand I I still deal with all of these same things, but it's for a long time I believed that in order to live a love-based life, I had to conquer fear become fearless Mm -hmm. I no longer believe or want that at all because I think fear is necessary I think it's all human emotions are valid and not only okay but part of it there I think they're there for a reason productive it's like an indication it's like a signal exactly and it's like it's like I think it's Elizabeth Gilbert who talks about being the mother of all her emotions Mm -hmm. that they're all worthy and I love that so much that was so powerful to me the first time I heard her speak on that but it's that whole principle of like all of these things are going to be part of you forever. It's not about getting rid of them completely. It's about understanding that you govern your emotions mm-hmm. and that which ones are going are you going to choose to lead from and take action from. Yeah. And it's important not to ignore the things that you feel. You know, feel your feelings and then get up and decide which way 
and why like where are you going to move from the way you said it earlier was the best way you you still feel those feelings you still feel nervous you still feel a little bit of anxiety every time but you use it as a fuel now it's like an indication to let you know that you're going to talk about something or do something that you care a lot about it matters to you that's why you're having an emotional response holy shit i'm having an emotional response this really means something to me it's making me feel things in my body like that makes so much sense to me and it's funny because the more things that I do in my life that are like bigger, whatever, mm-hmm. like bigger in quotations, I definitely have never felt as much fear or discomfort. I am so constantly uncomfortable, but it's okay. That's I'm learning how, how to find comfort in my discomfort. I'm scared every freaking day. I don't know what I'm doing all the time. I That's still where feel. Growth is. Yes, it's yeah. how I'm growing, and it is so awkward and uncomfortable to show up. As a person who doesn't have it all figured out. Nobody has it figured out. I know. (laughs) And you know what's amazing? Kind of saying like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing and just doing it anyways. Yeah. And it feels really good. Exactly. And I think you do an incredible job of that. I mean, you do an incredible job of that. And it's exactly like you said. We, so many times, women are, yeah, the struggle is is where our strength is mm-hmm. we and I think the key to growth is taking your struggles every single human I don't care how easy or perfect someone's life looks on Instagram everybody is going through hard things or has or will and people suffer and go through things that you know nothing of everybody that you see every day everywhere because part of being human is those hard things. And it's when we choose not to victimize ourselves that we can turn that struggle into strength and get up and grow and learn and go forward. It's just like in the gym, you literally gaining muscle, you tear your muscle fibers and then they heal and they're stronger. Oh, like wait, that is the craziest metaphor to life. Yeah. You literally tear it apart to make it grow. You break yes. it down. That struggle, that tension, that <gasps> uncomfort. Ooh. Like you, what do we do for physical fitness? You have to struggle. You have to. Whenever you're learning whatever kind of body weight exercises, weight training, whatever it is, it is that struggle, that pain, that discomfort. A literal burn. That's what allows. <laughs> wow. That's where the growth is. And it's the exact same in life, right? That struggle and that uncomfort, whether it's fear, whether it's frustration, whether it's anger whether it's just pain whether it's heartbreak loss that is where the strength is and I think especially right now with everything going on in the world I want women to give themselves a break first of all and understand that if you feel broken that doesn't mean that you aren't strong like when you feel down that doesn't mean that you are lost or that you are weak it's literally the opposite it's okay. Like we're all going to rise up and then you'll be stronger. Mm-hmm. It's just choosing to rise up. And yeah, like it's, I don't know. I don't think life ever will be without struggle for anyone, but I don't think it's meant to. You need a podcast. You preach, woman. <laughs> this is, I feel like I'm in church. This is like 
you it's so crazy how fitness is the best metaphor to all of life this i'm having yeah. an epiphany as i'm sitting here with you right i really am you see it yeah because I'm like, i i, get so I, to, like, I see it i see it clearly so i i like need to confess to you so i had i went on a retreat like two years ago this week actually Ooh. and in that retreat i it was another epiphany I was like you have been beating up your body you're trying to make your body small you're trying to make your body fit you're doing things unhealthily Mm -hmm. now you lose the privilege that it is to honor your body in the gym to move your body because you're abusing it wow you're abusing it I'm like speaking to myself as my highest self yeah like a moment of clarity like you said you had moment of clarity for me where my my mothering self came through and she was like you're in timeout Good. You no longer get to move your body because you're abusing it. It's yeah. doing wor- it was messing up my body. I wasn't doing it correctly. Yeah. I wasn't doing yeah. it out of the right motive. And I have not worked out in a year and a half. Wow. And actually when corona started, I do little things. I stretch, I move, I jump yeah. on a mini trampoline. So I move my body, That's but good. I do not yeah. work my body yeah. out like I used to. I used mm-hmm. to punish myself. So and like the clarity that came through was like when you can love your body as is, when you can honor yourself, honor your movement and take care of yourself, then you will have the privilege to move your body in a way that might benefit the physical appearance. But until you're okay with how you are now, you get none of it. And it's been a year and a half. And so right when Corona started, I just got a gym pass and I was like, I think I'm ready. Like I'm feeling, listen, I love this body. This body is 15 pounds heavier than it's ever been in my life. I feel better than ever. Like, I think and I'm hot. Than I'm ever. healthier than ever. You are hot. I think I'm super hot. And in that moment, I was like, I, I want to move my body. Yeah. I just want to feel good. I want to move my body. I don't want to shrink so it. I'm so proud of you. I, there is a disease we have with shrinking mm-hmm. our bodies. I want to move my body and I want it to grow. For mm-hmm. the first time in my life, you guys, I'm going to be 33. I want my body to grow. Yes. What a weird, it's just crazy that it took me this long to get to this point in my life, but I no longer will ever shrink this body. I want Mic it to drop. be big. Mic drop. Amen. <laughs> but I it is so unfortunate. It's like you. one of those things that you're like, life happens, freaking Corona happens. The month I get a gym pass, the world shuts down. So I'm like, oh my gosh, the universe is telling me power I'm at home with the power at home. <laughs> No, I wait for really. You have one at home. I didn't yes. know that. Oh my! I thought you had. I thought it was gym. Okay, I'll just give a quick rundown. Okay, okay, okay. I have three go. programs in the sweat app, so all of my programming is exclusively in the sweat app. I started with Power Post Pregnancy, that is designed to attend to the changes that a woman's body goes through during pregnancy. Because whether you're an Olympian or never exercised before, like me. Your body changes mm-hmm. and you need to let it help it heal. So it's like regaining, you know, lost core and pelvic floor strength, like readjusting postural alignment. All of those things helps you heal while you safely train. Um, power, which I launched about six months after, which is my baby because that's how I train. You know, ever since I went through my postpartum journey and then I kind of through my learning and becoming a PT and studying exercise science, finding my niche. And it's kind of a... It's cool because it's classic proven weight training exercises and techniques, but blended in a unique way to really maximize your time spent training. So it's geared towards muscle gain and fat loss, but mostly just being a badass and empowering (laughs) yourself. And then power at home is the home um, version of that. So the training is a little bit different just because power is hypertrophy based weight training for geared towards women. Power at home is slightly different only because you can't 
I, I needed to, I really wanted to make sure that women had, it is in no way a regression to power or a modified or an easier version. Okay. And to make it that way, I had to change the science behind it a little bit. They both have the same intentions and they're both engineered to give you, to maximize your results and your efforts spent training in each respective environment. Okay. So they follow similar layouts, not exact, um, a little bit different techniques through them, but they're, they're both so fun. I know I'm biased, but I think what you were just saying is exactly my whole, my whole message and purpose with power and why like the name power it's PWR, but it stands for power because coming from the way I used to think and see fitness and now I need women and want women to understand that they are powerful. And so it is about gaining physical strength. Yes, great. But it is also about understanding and uncovering how strong and powerful you are and always have been and already are. It's not gaining inner strength. It's seeing Mm -hmm. your strength because I think that we're all your worth and your strength and your power are absolute. I that is they're unwavering. It's not something that can be added to or taken away from. I don't really care what you've done or did or how low or lost you think you are. You're powerful and you are strong. And so it is about, are we seeing ourselves? And I don't really care if it sounds cheesy or weird. To me, it's so real and so literal. And it's so cool because tens of thousands so many women it's my favorite thing in the world they come to me they want to change how they look they start my training programs and I get an email or a message and it's like I had no idea and I'm like I know I went through that too and it's just like the best thing ever because they're like wow I started this because I was so unhappy and now I feel so good and I'm so strong and some have had physical changes, some haven't, but the whole point is they're, they're starting to get it. It's starting to click mm-hmm. and it's that empowerment. And when I launched Power at Home, it was all about like how your power isn't in the gym or the weights, it's in you. So it's like whether you're training at home or in the gym or whatever way that you're training, it's about just like you said, it's about, it's not about shrinking yourself or becoming less. It's about stepping in to your strength and your power and Weightlifting is incredibly empowering and it is so, not only is it healthy, you know, for your bone density, for your whole, it helps alleviate knee, knee, back, like neck issues. Like it's, weight training is a really solid form of fitness. But aside from that, it's, it's very empowering. And for me, fitness always has been, always will be about both just as much. I believe you. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Okay, I had a million people write in to me. I asked Instagram. I was like, name drop, Kelsey Wells. I get her on the show. What do you guys want to know? I was flooded with people from all I was telling Kelsey earlier. I had to get Google Translate out because the world follows you. And everyone was writing to me in different languages. They have questions. The sweat app is translated to eight languages. There was so so many languages. I was like, what? I don't know what these people are asking me. I had to Google Translate. (laughs) Thanks, you guys. I love you. Uh, it was insane. Getting a peek inside, it made me put myself in your shoes. Your life must be insane. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> but so, so many people had so many questions. And I, I obviously can't ask them all to you. But so many hundreds were mm-hmm. like, tell me, Kelsey Wells, how to, it was all this 
fad diet bullshit. Mm. Tell me how to get a bigger booty. Tell me how to fix my cellulite. Tell me how to, you know, like that spot treatment thing. And Mm -hmm. I know you're not about that, but what do you do? What's your overall, what do you think about that? There is a lot of weird fad stuff. Mm -hmm. Cellulite cream, stretch mark crap, growing a big (laughs) booty. Like, what is this? What do you say? I, I say I get it. Because I was there. It's like a shiny, you know, like, lure, look, like, in the water. Yeah, I, I bought into all of that for a long, long you did? time. Oh, yeah, before. Ugh, yes. And <laughs> and so as frustrating as it can be for me now to be like, do you not hear what I say? <laughs> it's like, no, I completely understand where they're coming from because I was in that mindset. And it's almost and desperation, right? Yes, and I think it goes back to the understanding that first and foremost – on a deeper level, if you're really honest with yourself, why? Why do you feel like you need to change your stretch marks or your cellulite? Mm-hmm. Because you believe that it makes you unattractive or unworthy mm-hmm. or look bad. These are things that you've internalized that are untrue. These are lies. Mm-hmm. So it is about going a little bit deeper. And I don't just want you – I know if – because I'm sitting here and whenever I speak on this, I like to think if I was me six years ago and I heard someone say that, I'd be like, yeah, easy for you to say, <laughs> like, you don't know anything. And it's like, it is easy for me to say now that fitness is not primarily about aesthetics. It is, but it's not because my body composition changed. It is because of the work I did along the way, hand in hand that you can't see. I get it. And test me if you don't believe me then test me exercise regularly do it out of love for your body move your body out of gratitude just try me I've never once met anyone who did who didn't feel a shift and it's a lot of women and it's all of us and it's a constant thing right and you know, we're doing a sweat challenge right now. And every time we do this, I always, you know, encourage at the beginning, they, we want them to set goals. And I always caution every goal we set, fitness journey or otherwise, it should never be about losing things. You've got to have a net positive mindset in all areas of your Ooh, life. Net so positive. do not think I need to lose my stretch marks. I need to get rid of my cellulite. Think or not even, I need to lose weight, okay? I'm not saying losing weight is always bad or unhealthy. Sometimes it's absolutely great. I'm saying your focus should not be on what is wrong with you or what you need to lose or being less. It should always be in a positive, in a growth mindset. So I'm going to gain strength. I'm going to gain confidence. I'm going to practice discipline. I'm going to gain control over my life because I'm going to consistently exercise every day for six weeks or five days a week for six weeks, even and especially when I don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. By doing so, I am gaining more time and more control in my life. I am gaining confidence with nutrition. Don't think I cannot eat sugar. I cannot have alcohol. I cannot do this. I cannot do that. Think I am going to drink more water. So X and X benefits. I'm going to fuel myself with more nutrients. So I'm going to have more energy and I'm going to feel better. I am going to eat more, a more balanced diet 
don't focus on the less part. I'm going to eat more of this mm-hmm. because I'm, that's going to, I'm gaining discipline. I'm gaining, and again, with nutrition, let's just talk for a second about nutrition. People had so many questions about yeah, nutrition. And, and the thing is, there's a reason why I don't outline black and white what exactly I eat. Mm-hmm. It's not because I'm trying to hide anything. I post a food diary once a week, which has like all my meals and snacks for an entire day of eating. So there's hundreds on my page by now. You can look through and get a very good idea of how I personally eat. But nutrition is individual. It How you should eat has nothing to do with how I eat, how your mom eats, how your best friend eats. I don't care what your goals are. The it, And I know that this is not what people want to hear, but there is no magical diet or answer. It is not about... When it comes to nutrition. No, it is not about IF or keto or macros or any of this. All of those can be right and great for some people, but none of those is right and great for everyone. Because I think if I spent the rest of my life counting macros, I think that's a slow and painful death. For me personally. For for most women. And, And I... Macros is interesting because I've gone through phases where I've counted them. I find it absolutely fascinating. I have my FNS. I'm a fitness nutrition specialist. Another thing I don't really talk about because I don't do meal plans. It's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have really well-rounded n- nutrition meal planning options in the sweat app, which you can pair any of them with my programming. But it's like for me, if I don't know your individual like stats, your age, weight, height, body fat percentage, your your lifestyle, how sedentary you are, how much you exercise, what intensity of exercise, what your goals are, what your, you know, all of that, I can't adequately give you and I won't give you like a meal plan, right? Mm -hmm. But more than that, I feel like the most important thing about nutrition is helping dismantle the extremely massive and heavy blanket of a lie that what we put into our mouth has to do with our worth. Oh. And it is, that sounds dramatic, but it's true. I have felt what you're saying. Every single woman has. I've never met one that hasn't struggled with this. Whether it comes in a form of a certain diet or whatnot, we focus so much on what we eat and obsess over it so much so, it causes immense guilt for so many women. And that is not okay. Shame and guilt are unproductive. No, and always unproductive. Yes, exactly. But it's like for anyone who's ever struggled with eating disorders or disordered eating of any kind, counting macros is probably really not the good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, counting anything. It's like, again, it comes back to very individual things. But my, what I feel called to help women understand as a fitness trainer and as a fitness professional and in this industry is to help them understand two things. One, nutrition is individual. You need to do what is right for you. Educate yourself. Research. Don't just listen to whatever is selling you the next diet. Okay? It is about nutrition, macronutrients and micronutrients. And it should be individual and it should be always the goal should be fueling your body because food is fuel. We are humans. We have to eat to be alive. Food is fuel. So number one, individual. And you need to figure out how to best eat for you so that you feel your best. Not about good food, not about bad food. It's about feeling your best, having your most energy, sleeping well. Like that's a balance that's going to shift throughout your life, especially as a woman, but it's individual. So that's number one, nutrition is individual. Number two, nutrition 
should never be a source of guilt or shame. And until those things are more fundamentally understood, I will not sell a supplement. I will not speak on how you should eat. Mm -hmm. This is not, that's not productive. That's not it. I respect you so much for that. You could be making a buck. Listen, let me tell you. (laughs) No, I seriously, I respect this so much about you specifically. You're not there to make a buck. Mm -mm. And you really care when it comes down. I've, so many people wanted to know, like, they think that you really are doing a trick. They think they, even as open as you are, they think that you're doing something we don't know about. And I get it. But I, listen, I I watched the girl eat. (laughs) (laughs) She was eating. I have a deep love of fries. (laughs) She eats like a normal person. Mm-hmm. You, you probably, I'm assuming, a very well-balanced, nutrient-dense. You eat whole, real food. For the most part. For the most mm-hmm. part. And I and it's funny because I used to eat fast food every day, usually twice a day, like truly. And I had, again, no idea how that was affecting my well-being, my health mentally, emotionally, and physically until I began to shift things. You could and, feel the difference then. And I will say my diet – is 100% different than it was six years ago when I started. Mm. What I never, ever did was anything extreme. And it was never black and white. It's always been the, you know, it's a long, like this is about a lifestyle. It's not a sprint. It's not even a marathon. I hate that saying. It's like, this is your life. Your health is tied to your life. Mm -hmm. So whether or not people always message or, or, you know, come to me and they say, oh, I gave up my fitness journey or like I stopped my fitness journey or I'm going to start my fitness journey. It's like we're all on our fitness journey. Right now, today. Whatever you're doing or not doing, you're affecting your health, mm-hmm. period. So whether you want to be aware There's no or, pause. There's no, yeah, eh, I'm not No, exactly. Eh, it's, it's we're off. always <laughs> affecting that. So I don't say that to overwhelm anyone. I just say it so that we can be aware. And for me, it's like people get discouraged because they'll get a boost of motivation or they'll think, oh, I'm going to eat this in this way and I'm going to go really hard and... I don't believe in black and whites. I don't believe in... So you don't take out any food groups? No, because I've tried that. And that only led to... Hard and fast restrictions for me lead to way too much overindulgence. And that fuels Mm -hmm. guilt. And that fuels like, oh, if I can't have something, that's... I mean, that's like psychology, right? You think about it if you can't have it. Like, it's it's just not productive. But I promise if you just do little things, it's all about your normal. So why, how did I do it then? How did I change my diet a hundred percent by not doing anything drastic? Because I did one small change at a time and I did that one small thing until it was my first and foremost soda. I used to drink Dr. Pepper instead of water. (laughs) It's not an exaggeration. (laughs) Like I would go, I wouldn't drink really water. I just, I've never really liked water. I love it and I still do, (laughs) but I rarely have it. But the thing is I, I said, okay. I didn't say I'm not going to have soda. I said, I'm going to drink 10 glasses of water a day. If I drink all 10, I can have some Dr. Pepper. But I drink water and I focus on drinking water instead of soda for a while. And that was my one nutrition focus. Okay. And I did that until it was normal. I and get it. And it was no longer hard for it's me to drink water. It's not even a thought. Yeah. Like you so do it like, until it's not even a thought. Exactly. And then okay. once I had that under control, I'm like, okay, I'm going to start eating some vegetables. And I... I literally had to start there. Like, <laughs> I'm going to have three servings of vegetables every day. I'm not, I didn't say I'm not going to have french fries. I should have made this too. But when you're prioritizing nutrition and when you're exercising with that, 
it's crazy how you will want to eat better because you'll feel better. Yeah. And again, it was the whole epiphany for me. Like, wow, I sleep better. I have more energy. Like my mind works better when I'm not eating so much junk food. It affects hormones, skin. yes, Yes, massively. So there's so many benefits. But again, if you're wanting to overhaul your diet because of all these great benefits, but you are wanting to do it overnight and you are so hard on yourself and so worried about it that if you mess up, you think you failed, you beat yourself down with guilt and you compound a negative with a negative because then you're like, oh, I'm just going to do this for the next week and start again on Monday. It's like you are undoing all of those positive intentions because you are just focusing on beating yourself up at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So these well intentions are are not actually it. It's it's the negative that's you're letting really dictate things. So if you just dial it back, focus on the positives with your fitness, nutrition, everything. Set your goals, yes, but set them from a place of positivity and that's how you win and that's how it's lasting. That's Small how you create incremental lasting. change. Yeah. yeah. Little about, positive. You can create your own normal. You can change your life in any way. I'm a huge advocate of that. I've done it. Every single part of my life has been completely overhauled for the better. I'm not saying I'm perfect, nowhere near, but it's something that I work on. Now I'm in this space of continual growth and 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 joy. And that's the other thing we always talk about, like fear is part of it. And I think struggle, like joy is not the absence of heartache or pain. I think life is both mm-hmm. almost all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of the, the trick, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. If I don't ask you this, people will murder me. Let's hear it. What is your morning routine? Ooh, I love this one. Um, <laughs> she got nervous. I know. I was like, wait. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so I will be really transparent. I had, I'm, I'm not a morning person, like, Neither automatically. I. I used to say, I'm a morning person unless someone speaks to me. Like, don't talk to me for three hours after waking <laughs> up, and I'm just fine. So I apologize to my mom for my teenage years. But I had a really, really solid morning routine for a long time in 2019 it was like really good and then I went through some hard stuff um with like family and personally in the end of 2019 and then 2020 has been a whole thing for everyone right Uh so I haven't been as solid on it but there's three pieces that always are a part and they're these so I guess I'll just share those Uh my constants so I wake up every morning and the very first thing I do is do a gratitude journal before I even get out of bed because I've learned that if I get out of bed it, it doesn't happen yeah. so before I reach my phone I keep my journal on my nightstand pick it up and I write down just like bullet style three things that I'm grateful for um, and I try to do this in the night too but it's always 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 my number one when I wake up gratitude journal and then I drink um, before any coffee or I eat anything, I drink a liter of water with lemon juice. How I don't much like is it a warm. Liter, you I guys. think it's gross. Is it twenty ounces? Uh, I think it's four cups. Oh shoot, I don't know. But I drink a lot of water now. But I mean, mm-hmm. even if you did a cup of water, right? And I I like the lemon. I feel like it just helps me wake up and like cleanses everything. So um, gratitude journal, lemon water, and then meditation. And my morning meditation is usually shorter, and 
very simple, but those are the things that are my absolutes, my non negotiables mm-hmm, that keep me grounded. And at certain points in my life, I've had a more robust morning routine or more involved or have gotten up much earlier. But right now, it's like this is my focus has been really rest, spending more quality time with slower mornings with my son because we're all home now. Yeah. And so, yeah, those are the three simple ones. I that think I that the on. simplicity of it is what's beautiful about it i think people like like oh there's this big tricks like they like 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 the complexity of things Mm -hmm. i'm down for the simplicity it's what works for you you know and i think yeah i'm the exact same way i am not a nice person if i don't meditate i realized i'm I'm really not i gotta center myself i'm just an anxious person Mm -hmm. (laughs) if i don't Okay, my dear, I cannot even tell you how grateful I am that you just walked right into my life. You are special beyond all these things you're doing for all these women. You are just a special one. You are magnetic. The soul you've got in that hot bod (laughs) is the best. Well, you know that I feel the exact same way about you. (laughs) I'm glad to collect you up. And we're in Utah. How crazy. We're both in Utah. It is a small world. It is a small world. (laughs) But we love you so much. Thank you so much. I mean, I feel like this is a gold mine for people wanting to start this. You just delivered on a silver platter what to do and how to do it in the most healthy, best all-encompassing way mind body soul i hope so you got it so where can people find you uh i'm on instagram at kelsey wells and all of my training programs are in the sweat app you can go just click the link in my bio or sweat.com or sweat i think it's still called sweat kayla cena's fitness in the app store but i'm in there and yeah I'm just, I hope to be around more if, if I ever get to start traveling again, but. <laughs> I know, I know you're everywhere. That's crazy that you've been grounded this long. I just realized that. It has been that. very strange. What a weird yeah. life switch up. It's been really strange, but a huge turnout to be an immense blessing. And um, just having the time, we ended up moving and having time with just my boys, Ryan and Anderson mm-hmm. was and is something that I'm just really soaking up so I know well maybe we'll see you around here soon but until next time you guys thank you for listening thanks thank you